Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Rayleigh Property Podcast. Uh, today, uh, I'm filming this on Thursday, the 21st of May. Uh, this is going to go out on the 22nd. And really what I wanted to do was just give you a bit of an update as to what the uh, market is doing at the moment, um, as well as cover a subject that I found myself being asked quite a few times lately. Um, so I'm going to go into that a little bit more. So as uh, as I reported in the last week's episode, the property market was given the green light to start uh, practicing again last Wednesday. Uh, the government, in all their wisdom, gave us the state agents 12 hours notice to get uh, everything in order. Um, it's nice to see some of the local companies really taking this seriously and, and kind of making sure that, uh, I think the golden line, I found myself saying this a lot lately, but health before wealth. Um, I've just found that some of the local companies and the way that they're running is really, really good and it's quite impressive. And yes, some of the measures may seem a little bit OTT, but what we have to remember is that us as estate agents, we're going into various different people's homes. We're meeting so many people a week. Um, and as a result, we're coming into contact with a lot of people. We can take the precautions like masks and gloves and hand sanitizer and foot coverings and uh, keeping two distance, uh, keeping social distancing with two meters apart. Um, but to see people taking it as serious as they need to is, is really good. Now, of course, and with every industry and with every situation, there's always those that don't take it seriously. And unfortunately, there are a couple of them in Rayleigh, but the majority. Uh, the, the main bulk of agents are taking this deadly serious, which is really nice to see. So um, it's certainly been challenging. Um, I have taken the steps uh, personally to decide that we're not going to open our office. Uh, we're going to carry on with viewings. We're going to, um, so well, I say carry on, we're going to start doing viewings. Uh, this Saturday is the first day of viewings for us. Uh, so we're going to start doing viewings. And the reason I've left it so long uh, I mean, it's 10 days since we were given the go-ahead. It's purely so we can prepare because um, we've had some nice signs created to kind of explain the process. We've got to make sure we've got enough gloves and masks and shoe coverings and hand sanitizer. Uh, make sure the staff are trained correctly on how to deal with this. Make sure that they're uh, trained correctly on how to deal with objections if anyone doesn't want to uh, comply Um and also have time to sit and discuss with our vendors and, and answer any concerns they may have. So I felt 10 days was a good period of time in order to do that. So we are then able to continue with viewings from Saturday. Um, that being said, we've not opened the office and I'm not going to open the office. I think the office is going to stay closed for, uh, for at least the next couple of, uh, as of next few weeks, maybe a couple of months. And my reason for that being is that the, the, guys that work in the team at nest um they're all fantastic they've all got families but we're seeing so many other people and i just think that it's too soon and too risky to open an office whereby we can all be in that one confined space because we're all meeting different people and then we're coming into contact with each other so uh we've the team have worked tremendously remotely they've done incredibly well adapting um the response from clients has been amazing uh business is still good uh, we're still getting a good amount of inquiries. We're still able to list properties. So we're still able to function at 100%, just not in the office. Um, and I've got to admit, I do miss that small commute. I mean, I live in Rayleigh and the office is on Lubbard's Farm. And it's it's literally a four or five minute drive for me. And I do miss that commute in a way. But um, health before wealth and safety comes first. And I just think we've got to be sensible with that. So I know some guys are taking the... Um, steps of opening their offices um, 
like I said, I think just in my opinion, I just think it's too soon to put that pressure on the staff. So uh, we won't be doing that, but we will be carrying on. Um, what we're seeing in the market is what I can only describe as a sugar rush. And it's almost like a sugar rush after a quick can of Red Bull, I think is the only way to describe it. Because during any downturn in market, you know, if we look at the recession and we look at any time when the market's been tough, um, people have to buy and sell. And mainly for their own personal reasons or financial reasons or um, that they they have to sell rather than want to sell. Um, but what we're also finding a lot of people is they've realised that after being at home for eight, ten weeks, uh, they need more space. They need more living space because how often do you spend this amount of time at home? So it's making you kind of appreciate space a little bit more. Um, and we're seeing people's priority changes and things like a study where before it was just a bonus to a property, it's now a must. We're, we're finding so many people that are moving and a study is on that must list. It's not a bonus anymore. So it's interesting the change we're seeing. So there is an influx of properties that come to the market. There's a lot of people that have had to sit on their hands for eight weeks. Um, and we're seeing that influx come to the market at the moment. And my prediction is I think that's going to calm down. I think we're going to see this major rush maybe for about four weeks and then things are going to calm down and settle to where they should be for this time of year. Um, that being said, I mean, I'm speaking to a hell of a lot of sellers. I'm not speaking to a lot of buyers. Um, and I think that's because there just isn't many out there at the moment. The confidence still isn't there. It's not just, you know, if I'm feeling like it's too soon, how many other people are feeling this? I mean, it's my job. I've got to do this to earn money and earn a living. But if I think it's too soon, I'm trying to think what other people are thinking. So, um, the buyers are just not there at the moment, but they will come. They will come once a bit of confidence is instilled to kind of show this is the way how things are uh, being handled. And uh, hopefully, uh, I mean, I think I mentioned in the last episode about the stamp duty um, holiday that they're they're thinking about at the moment. Hopefully, if something like that comes in, uh, that's going to help invigorate that market with more buyers. But the main thing is uh, this week we have been working through our list to find out who, what buyers are actually on our list right now. Um, because naturally any estate agent gains mailing lists of thousands of people over time, but we really need to know who, who is buying right now because that's going to be the serious buyers. So that's what we spent this week doing. Uh, if anyone's listening to this that's thinking of buying a property, please do get in touch because I'd like to make sure you're on that list um, so we can make sure that if anything comes in, uh, we can get that straight out to you guys. Uh, we're finding quite a successful video marketing at the moment. That seems to be working quite well. Um, and particularly, we're putting things on Facebook before they reach Rightmove, and that, that too is working quite well. So, um, But the video I'll go into a little bit more later. Uh, this week, I wanted to go into different estate agent structures because I'm doing a lot of Zoom uh, valuations at the moment where I'm speaking to homeowners via Zoom and they give me a tour of their property. I can share my screen with them and go through comparable properties. And it's, uh, I mean, I, I don't know why we haven't been doing this for the last five years. I kind of feel like the industry has been given a kick up the backside and it's, it's moved forward uh, 20 years in eight weeks because the estate agency industry is notoriously stuck in the 1990s. The majority of the individuals working in it are still stuck in that mindset and they're not developing, they're not evolving and they're not improving. Um, and I do think this has kind of forced estate agents to improve and it's modernized the industry slightly. So these Zoom meetings, I don't understand why we weren't doing them before, but I'm finding myself doing a lot of them 
And on three of them in the past five days, the same com the same thing has come up. So I wanted to kind of go a little bit more into detail with that. And that's the, about the different estate agency structures. Um, and when I say different estate agency structures, why there's such a difference in fees? Because I think I do think it's an education thing. I, I don't think people are aware of what the different structures are and why certain agents command a certain fee. Um, and I, I really, I think the best way to put it down to is restaurants. If you go to McDonald's, for argument's sake, and you buy a five-quid meal, you're expecting a five-quid meal from McDonald's. You're not expecting a three-course meal at the Ritz. If you go to the Ritz, you're expecting a three-course meal from the Ritz, and that, that's what you get delivered. But the prices are worlds apart, and it's very similar to estate agents. But there is a slight twist in it. So with estate agents, you've got three different models. You've got the, uh, the low-cost online estate agent, um, I'll go a little bit more into detail on these in a second. So you've got the low-cost online estate agent, you've got the traditional high street estate agent, and then you've got the hybrid estate agent. Now, if we kind of do this in reverse, because obviously I can talk about hybrid until I'm blue in the face because of what we are, but I'll start at the bottom. So the, the sort of low-cost agency. Now, the thing is with low-cost agency is that they they do charge a low fee. There's there's no doubt in that, but statistics show that they're likely to achieve less on the asking price. And the reason for that is because the marketing isn't as great. Um, often um, they haven't got the budget for the right marketing, but the charging, you know, the 395 or the 495 model, it just isn't sustainable. When you look at the cost of Rightmove and uh, CMP and the property ombudsman memberships and the insurances and the, everything else that goes with it, it's just not sustainable. So, these companies make their money elsewhere. Now, quite often you find, and I'm aware of local companies that are doing this, that they charge a low fee, which is nice and attractive. But the caveat of that is, is that you've got to do your mortgage through them. You buyers got to do the mortgage through them and you've got to use their solicitors. Now, to give you an example, a lot of the time money does change hands between the state agents, mortgage brokers and solicitors. Mortgage brokers tend to pay on average about £250 on a referral to an estate agent for passing a client their way. Solicitors vary, but again, it's about £200. So if we put this into context, the online agent or the low-fee agent, if they get two mortgages on that property, uh, for them it's going to be worth thousands, but let's go on the referral price. So that's another £250 per transaction, so that's 500 quid. Um, the buyer has to use their solicitor, so that's 200 quid, and then the seller has to use their solicitor for buying and selling, so that's another 400 quid. So in total, we're now talking 1,050 quid on top of their 495, on the top of their 495. So they're now earning over 1,500 quid. Um, that level is a bit more sustainable. It's not perfect sustainable, but it's a bit more sustainable. But even with that, you're not going to have the budget for marketing. So really, the, the, these cheaper agents, um, they don't disclose these figures purely because that's the way they earn their revenue. Um, and hopefully a law will come into place means they have to disclose this. But it's just, I don't think it's ethical. I really don't think it's ethical because you're you're pressurizing people to use your mortgage services and your solicitors when they don't need to. There should be freedom to choose who they like because it's not always for the interest of that client, it's the interest of whatever balance they pay over in referral. So, so that's the cheaper agent. That's why they kind of do that. The, the bigger online agents, they also do a similar thing um, you get a reduced fee if you use their solicitors and ultimately you end up paying the same amount. But that's that kind of uh, aspect. Then you've got the traditional high street agent. Now, these guys have been around since day dot, really. 
Um, and they are the ones that have a shop. It's on a high street. Um, they deliver the, the a bit more of a personal service. They know the area a lot better because they're dealing with just that town rather than a broader area. Um, so they tend to know the, the location very well. Um, they do have a, a decent client bank usually. Uh, not always, but usually. Um, but these guys have not really changed since the 1990s, but they tend to be around uh, that sort of 1% mark. So uh, the 1%, I mean, some of the guys in Rayleigh are charging anything from 0.5 to 1%. Very rarely do we hear anything above 1%. Um, now, the reason being is that that's what their service is worth. Um, that's that's the bottom line of it. They're, they've got their they've got their proven results. There's websites where you can see what these guys are achieving. Um, but that high street service, it's not quite the Ritz service. It's a bit more Harvester than Ritz. I mean, Harvester's okay, but you go to Harvester and you, you know what service you're going to get. It's You're not going to feel like royalty, but you're not going to feel like you're in McDonald's. It's that kind of, that's really where it sits. So they kind of sit in the middle of the range there. Um, and then you've got the hybrid agency. Now, naturally, I'm going to be biased because I own a, a hybrid agency, but the, the benefits of the hybrid agency is they're modern, they're forward-thinking, they're results-driven because they concentrate on three things, and that's the results they get their clients, the service that they deliver their clients, and the marketing. They're the three main concentrations. Now, the reason they're so important is because of results – it's much better to be achieving more on the asking price than anyone else because then you can command a higher fee. I mean, to put this in perspective, uh, in Australia, the, the average fee for an estate agent is between 4 and 6%. That's like four to six times what estate agents in the UK are charging on average. It's insane. But the reason being is out there, they're treated as royalty because they're good at what they do and they're negotiators. Where over here, that, that's not there. And I do think it's because in the 90s that... 80s and 90s, that uh, role of a state agent was abused and that trust was abused and therefore people treat them with the same respect they treat traffic wardens with. Um, and it's misplaced. It is misplaced because it's not, it's not always like that. But the hybrid agency, they concentrate on the results. They concentrate on the service level because you're dealing on a one-to-one -one basis. And why that's important is because when you're dealing with a high street agency, typically they're open six, seven days a week. Typically, members of staff have a day off during the week and you'll find yourself being passed from pillar to post. It happens so many times. I'm hearing it so many times. But with the hybrid agency, you deal with one agent from start to finish. You only ever speak to that one agent. So it's a one-to-one -one service. They know what's going on. They know where you're at. They know the progress. They know the updates without having to pick up a file. That's the difference with a hybrid agency. Fortunately, because they've got that um, location, which is off of the high street, they're able to save them overheads and invest them overheads into uh, marketing and improve the forms of marketing. So that works tremendously well on that sort of aspect. They do command a higher fee. I mean, when I look at our fee, our fees range really between 1.25 and 1.75, depending on uh, what level of marketing is needed. Um, 1.25 is kind of our starting package. And that includes everything. But we focus very much on, on the marketing aspect. The location, I think, makes a massive difference because for years, estate agents, and I, I think we're going to see a change here, hopefully, um, of less estate agents being on the high street because for years, estate agents have assumed that the clients want the high street shop. And it's you couldn't be further from the truth. They don't. They're not interested. They don't care that you've got a, a 
a shiny shop no more than they care about a shiny suit. They're not bothered. And I found this out because I, at the start of this lockdown, I found myself a little bit bored because overnight everything was switched off. So I went and spoke to 25 clients from the last 12 months and I asked them things that we could do to improve what we're already doing. And there were a couple of suggestions. There weren't many, but there was a couple of suggestions thrown up that I've adopted straight away. But then I asked them, what's the top five things that they look for in an estate agent before appointing that estate agent? And I was gobsmacked by the responses because um, I was expecting, being an estate agent, the location for the office, that they're dressed smartly because traditionally estate agents have to wear three-piece suits or two-piece suits and uh, often they're quite shiny. Um, I dropped the suits about two years ago just because I'm not comfortable in them, but I, I thought that that's what people were um, looking for. Um, and really, when we kind of look at um, look at the scenario and look at where we're at and look at what's going on, it, it just made me take stock, really, of what we need to be concentrating more on. And, and then three things really come to the... Um, comes to the forefront which is the client experience the client's results and the marketing they were the three most important things so that's the difference between the estate agents you do find the hybrid agencies more expensive you do find the cheaper agents that do the 495 type setup there is a caveat that you have to use their services to mark up uh, other services that's how they make their money but when you look at the high street agency, they're kind of in the middle, but the, the real thing is, and I'm kind of talking from my perspective on this is that we're achieving on average, at least 1% more than everyone else in town. And this is gathered by a third party website that um, surveys the state agents and they, they compare the original asking price to achieve price because there's so much, what I call instruction for reduction going on in Rayleigh at the moment, whereby agents are over promising on fee getting them on the market tying them into a 12-week contract and then reducing them over a period of weeks um that what they're achieving on the average asking price is shocking i mean some of the guys in rayleigh are getting like 94 percent. it's ridiculous um and we're getting at least one percent more if not more than our next competitor in town so if i'm asking for half a percent more but i'm achieving one percent more surely the client's half a percent better off by just going with us it's simple math so uh, that that's kind of how we look at these things and it's it really boils down to what you're paying with an estate agent is based on their experience and their marketing and their negotiation skills because the negotiation skills are going to be the difference between you getting 500 or 525 that's what's going to make a difference somebody that's bottom end concentrating on stock because i am aware of particular agents and um obviously I'm, this is not for bad mouth and other agents but there, there are agents around who concentrate on a quantity over quality um whereby the old saying if you throw enough mud at the wall a certain amount will stick because if you put enough properties on the market 50 percent of them are going to sell with no effort so you're going to get a good amount of sales so they concentrate on the numbers rather than concentrating on the individual results and that's where i think you pay the money and you pay the difference so um ultimately I don't negotiate on my fee. And the reason being, if I negotiated on my fee, I'd negotiate on your property. And that's not what we're here for. We're here to get the best possible price. So it's really interesting to kind of look at the contrast and the difference between these three models because they are three individual models. Now, that's not to say, although I'm biased, it's uh, biased, it's not to say that everybody should go with a hybrid agency because for some people, it's just not for you. Some people, that lower cost agency is going to fit the bill. 
Um, and if you want to do the majority of stuff yourself, you want to do your own marketing, if you want to manage your own campaigns, if you want to put your own spend on social media advertisement, if you want to um, promote your house yourself on social media, um, then maybe look at going down that route. If you want to do your own viewings, et cetera, then maybe look at going down that route. If you're not in a rush, look at going down that route. If you're not looking at getting the highest price for your property, you just want a quick sale, then look at going down that route. It may be for you. The traditional high street agents, um, if you're regularly going into town and if you've got a relationship with the agent, then maybe they're the ones for you. I think traditional estate agents have got a place and a lot of the hybrid agency comes from the traditional estate agents. There are a lot of the service levels there that can be improved, I do think, and I think that's happening at the moment. Um, but generally, that model may be for you. I tend to find that our clients are the type that would rather pay a little bit more for that better service, but they're very time poor in the sense that they want us to do everything from all the marketing, all the social media work, all the viewings, all the negotiation, all the sales aggression, all of the, basically everything that comes into it, even down to filling some of the paperwork out. Um, they kind of want us to do everything because they're time poor. They're, they're often, um, running around and we find a, a lot of people that are running around helping with the grandkids or they're running businesses or they're working full time um, and they just haven't got the time to be doing all this themselves so to give us a key and literally say look just get on with it do what you need to do and tell me when you've got an offer that's our kind of client and it works really well so what i really wanted to cover i know i've kind of uh, hijacked this a little bit and promoted hybrid a, a little bit more uh, it's purely because that. I think it's the way forward. I do think it's the way things are going. I do think we're going to see a massive change in this industry, particularly over the next five years, where the majority of estate agents are going to be hybrid compared to high street or online. Um, but really what I wanted to cover is the different types of agencies and why they charge what they charge uh, and why some are more expensive and why some are cheaper. Because like I say, three different, three individual parties asked me this exact question the last seven days. So I thought it'd be quite helpful to kind of cover this and go a little bit more into detail. Um, I will uh, go into, so next week I'm going to give you a bit more of an update on the market. We're going to have a weekend of viewings. We're going to see how that goes. Uh, we're going to see how the PPE trial will go um, and what the reception will be for that. We'll also see if we get any offers on the back of that. So I'll update you guys on that. Uh, that will give us a good insight as to what's going on in the property market. Um, and I'm going to cover a little bit more next week about um, instruction for reduction and why we see this happening a lot, particularly in Rayleigh. Um, this is a problem that has always been around, but I've, I've seen it more and more over the last 12 months. So um, it's quite an interesting subject. So I'm going to cover that one as well as a market update next week. Um, and we'll look, at, uh, we'll look at what the town is doing. Um, it's nice to see, I gave a couple of shout outs a couple of episodes ago to a couple of companies. They're still, they're still doing incredibly strong online. They're still doing um, some really good stuff locally, um, particularly adapting to these ways. Um, I, I find it amazing how companies adapt and they evolve. And I think they're the companies that are really going to come through this and really do well over the next couple of years. Um, even the next couple of months, I think if you're, if you've got the go in you to change and adapt and improvise, um, you, you are unstoppable. And I think there's a few companies locally in Rayleigh that have really, really done well over the last eight weeks. Uh, they've kept their business going. They've kept generating more business. Their social media presence is amazing. Um, 
and and they're interactive that i've had people send me messages and uh thanking me for mentioning them um i won't go into individual people but it's it's just nice to see it's nice to see so um next week i'm going to cover a little bit more about what companies are doing locally uh, so if you've got a company uh, if you're listening to this you've got a company and you've uh, adapted and improvised to deal with the current situation so please drop me a message uh, you can either find me on facebook or instagram or linkedin just search nick cheshire uh, or drop me an email to at nick at nestinessex.co.uk that's nick at nestinessex.co.uk um, or send me a whatsapp uh, on 07964 343 342 so um, just let me know who you are what you do how you're improvising with what's going on at the moment. I'll make sure we give you a mention in next week's episode. So uh, thank you as ever for listening. I do appreciate your time. I hope you found something of value from this one. Um, I, I try to make sure I give as much value as possible, but um, hopefully you found something of value uh, as ever. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading and thank you for sticking by me. Um, take care, stay safe, and we'll all speak soon. <laughs>